What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Well, I want to thank my guest for coming on today. His name, uh, the infamous trasher of the podcasters, the most hypocritical man on earth, Lady Kmart himself, Carl from Who Are These Podcasts? Oh, someone's been paying attention to Stuttering John. <laughs> Lady Kmart. I, I, uh, what are you talking about? I outsourced this intro from a Mexican guy. He wrote it for me. Uh, how are you doing today, Carl? <laughs> I'm doing well, Lorenzo. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good to talk no. to you. Yeah, man. Same here. Thanks for being on. Uh, I know it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I've, I've done the creep off. It's, it was cool. Vinny's there. I hope he's doing all right. I know he's been going through a lot too. He just left my house. We just did a creep off bonus show. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're. He's doing uh, well. His, I'm glad you're his anchor in this time. Of, <laughs> yes, of he need he needs good friends, and yeah, you know, unlike Stuttering John, I'm there for him. Yeah. No, it's the the world's a crazy place. Uh, everyone's just hating everyone, and then they're friends again, and they hate everyone. Uh. <laughs> So I know you do. Who are who are these podcasts? Um, when when did you like um you you start like this uh, podcast? Where who are these? Podcasts? When did it really come into its groove? Uh, the whole idea of it, you know. Well, we started the show in the beginning of 2016, and it was me and my buddy Kevin. Kevin is was a stand up back then. He was he played in my band, but then he moved to Seattle. He moved across the country. And so uh, we decided to set up a, a podcast and we were batting around ideas of what the podcast would be. And I was a huge fan of Jocktober. And so was he from the Opie and Anthony show it was a segment they used to do. And so they would goof on uh, other morning radio shows. They Sam Roberts, who worked on the show, would pull clips and they'd listen to clips from other radio shows and goof on them. And it was my favorite segment from Opie and Anthony. So I came up with the idea we could do the same thing, but for podcasts and, uh, you know, who are these podcasts? It's funny when I came up with that name. I didn't realize it sounded like an FM call letters for a station, WATP, just so uh, happened to work out pretty well because, uh, you know, WATP kind of works really well. It's kind of like the WNBC mm-hmm. that Howard Stern used to have to do. So WATP and uh, Kevin and I for a year, well, no, for a little, a little over a year, Kevin and I did the show. We had an audience of about zero people. I'd say our uh, average downloads per episode were between 200 and 400. And that was because we were getting some notoriety through my interactions with the No Agenda show. But then also we would piss people off by reviewing their podcasts. And then we'd get some of their listeners checking it out or hosts who were upset with us checking things out. So it wasn't until uh, episode 106 where we made fun of Opie that uh, people really started to pay attention and we started to, to grow the audience a little bit. But by then, Kevin had already quit the show and it was just me and a rotating uh, list of guest co-hosts. Okay, well, I mean, that that's how it sounds typical, I guess. Uh, I know uh, I was uh, of no notoriety until <laughs> your, your show covered me and then kind of uh, spiraled me into... Uh, this universe and then that universe. Uh, I love so. that because you you deserve it too. You're a very interesting guy, and uh, it was great when you were on the Dick Show. I thought you were a really good guest 
on there. And, and definitely I with uh, Dick Masterson's got a real big audience. So going on there, I'm sure didn't hurt. Oh, no, he was he was cool, dude, too. All y'all yeah. are cool cats. Uh, I mean, despite the fact that y'all are shitting on everything, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't know why uh, people can't uh, take the criticism. You know, well, I, mean? I tell you what, you know, there's there's three ways to go about it. Yeah. You can you can fight back, and I guess the guys from Fartmouth did that. I haven't listened yet, but we just reviewed Fartmouth. I guess they did a whole episode fighting back at us. I have to listen to that. You can ignore it, which is what the vast majority of people do, and you know maybe they don't even know, or maybe they're ignoring it. Or you can realize that, hey, this is all in good fun and play along, and you've done that very, very well, and I appreciate that. But actually, Dick Masterson did too. The way I met him was I roasted his show, and he's just he's a ball buster. He's like, oh, this is cool. I enjoy that. And a lot of the guys who do my show now are doing it. They were originally people that we made fun of who were in on the joke and enjoyed it. And now they come on and they're regular guests with us. And we collab on a lot of things. Well, I mean, and, and even with real life, I feel like people should just kind of, you know, rubber and glue. yeah, just let <laughs> yeah. it bounce off of them or take it with stride. It's, I don't know. I, that, that's what was leading me to my next question. What's your favorite part of ISOM? No, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. uh, no, I'm sorry. That's, I don't know who wrote that there yeah. uh, of all the podcasts you you have like listened to I'm sure you've listened to well over hundreds of thousands yeah. of billions <laughs> yeah. and billions yes. and billions. Every, every podcast ever I've listened to it yep. <laughs> yeah what um are there any that actually stand out that were really bad like really where where you're like man this is just like you can't listen to it it's trash like, you're even having trouble making fun of it because it's just yeah, actually, that happens all the time. There have been times where I pick up. This is early on in the show. I was the one picking all the podcasts. So I would go through and I would just, I don't know how I would, what my methodology was, but I would find a show for us to review because we had to tease it in whatever episode we were doing, we had to tease what we were doing next. So it'd be a week out. I'd find a show and then I'd go back and listen to it and be like, oh shit, I should not have picked this show because it's not even clippable. Like some shows are so bad, there's nothing to say. It's like, yeah, no, this is just bad. So there have been times where I've had to like swap out and do a different show. I remember there was this one show we were going to review that was about video game music. And I'm a musician. I I know you are as well. And I appreciate music and video game music is fun. Mm -hmm. There are definitely, my band has covered video game music in the past. I think it's cool, but there's, it's not the best music out there. So to find people who are like really obsessed with video game music and do shows about it, I'm like, this is weird. So I I found this show (laughs) and this guy has this whole ramp up and introduction. He's he's talking all about the stuff. I'm like, oh, this is going to, this is going to be great. And then I go and listen to it. And after he does a three minute introduction, he just plays video game music for an hour with nothing in between. I thought he'd like play DJ or something. Mm -hmm. No. So I go, well, there's nothing I can do with this. I can't clip this. And then we ended up finding another show where the guys are really into video game music and they dissect certain parts. I remember, I remember this vividly and I've done a lot of shows and I forget most of it, but I remember this vividly where they're playing this song that goes, uh, he's, he's like, Oh, listen to this part right here. Cause it was, it was following this melodic pattern. And then the fourth time it would go up a full step higher than it was the other times. And so he's going through and he's describing, he's like, all right, now listen to this. So listen, the fourth time it's going to go up and then it hits the, eh, and it goes up to that note right there. And it's like, yeah, dude, no, we hear it. It's not impressive. It's fucking video game music. This shit is a dime a dozen. They have to churn out billions of hours of this nonsense to fill the void while you're playing video games. This is not Mozart. All right. You should not be that impressed with it. Go listen to real music. 
<laughs> these, I know these uh, Japanese people are up what 28 hours a day just making this music for just video churning games. it out just churning it out <laughs> and this is the thing about video game music is it gets stuck in our heads and we think we're fans of it but only because we've heard it for so many hours we the isotopes my band the isotopes we covered the super mario brothers theme and we go through the the main theme song and then you know you know you go down into the castle you know you got that little oh, yeah. scary oh. scene and then you come back up and then the you know you got to hurry up because time's running out and all those different little things we, we put it in there and people love it not because it's great music it's okay it's fine but it's because people have played mario yeah. for so many hours in their lives that it's very familiar and they think they like it because they know it and so I think that's what a lot of the video game music out there is. It's like people are just, I have a friend who does that for a living, makes video game music. And he's great. He's a great musician and great composer. But he has to churn out so many hours of it every day. So it's it's not like he's sitting back and going, well, what if I transition? What if I change the key right here and try to <laughs> modulate up to the B and then come back to the G? How would that, like, no, they're not putting any type of thought into it. No, no. It's, it. most of it, like you said, it's attached to the memory of the game or whatever. I'm sure they're beautiful, you know, pieces of music attached to shitty ass games that we don't even know about because that game right. just sucked ass, you know, like, so I, I know it's it. a good like, point. Yeah, there, you know, like, I already know. You already know how it is. I already know. I how used it to is. cover. I'm, I'm a little older than you, but I used to cover. Um, do you ever play Tyson's punch out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We used to cover the song that would be like between matches where you're just kind of jogging with your trainer through uh -huh. the park and like that song just it play it's, it's a great it's it's a good piece of music but it plays so often in that game that everyone knows that music really well and you know mm -hmm. it's, this stuff's pretty easy to learn too it's pretty rudimentary yeah. so the same with like uh tetris you know like oh for da -da 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 sure you just it's such a good classic game but i mean what is it just that's Russian actually based music? yeah that's actually based on a, a real uh composition i think right yeah <laughs> like the russian uh what um something what, i don't even know is, the the pledge of allegiance over there maybe <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe i don't know uh it, yeah i know them so that's kind of like what you do that's your thing the the podcast that you make fun of i know you've made fun of mine that's all funny available everywhere um has anyone in the business and i know you're kind of getting it now i know you're sure you've dealt with it before really come after you for like your critiques your observations that are true let me, yeah. let me put that. They are true. I mean, they're your own opinions, but there's some truth in them, you know? Well, and also, I'm not just a guy who just spouts out my opinions. I play the clip. I let people know what I'm listening to. I've been accused of taking things out of context. I'm sure that happens, but I play the clip of what I'm talking about and then explain why it sucks or give my analysis to it or whatever it might be. So it's one of those things where I'm providing evidence. You know, if this was a court case, I would say, well, <laughs> according to exhibit A, it sounds like this guy has a lot of vocal fry and that's something that women do. You know, so if I'm making fun of something, I provide examples and, and why I'm doing that. Now, to answer your question, and this was before the podcast was big at all, and I was still working my job, and this was a hobby I was doing. We reviewed this show called The Vanished, and Marissa Jones is the host of The Vanished. Marissa Jones took exception with our episode about it. So she reached out to Libsyn, my hosting company at the time, and oh told them to God. take it down. And they said no. And it was really cool. Libsyn even, I had a phone call with them. And they're like, yeah, what you're doing is fine. You have every legal right to do it. We're not taking yeah. it down. I was like, oh, thank you. So then she reached out to Apple Podcasts and Apple or iTunes at the time. 
-hmm. And iTunes said, no, we're not going to take it down. This is before I was on YouTube. So, you know, YouTube, it takes <laughs> shit down. If anyone complains, it just takes shit down. But thankfully, oh, yeah. Apple and, and Libsyn were both cool. So then she decided, all right, I'm going to dox this guy and try to ruin his life. So what she did was she had a pretty big social media following. She put it out where I worked. I, I Fortunately, I was a partner at my business that I was at, but I had a couple of business partners and they found our Twitter account and our LinkedIn and whatever else. And they decided to just put on all out bombardment on everything for our company and, you know, calling me out and how ter terrible I am and how could they, they didn't realize I owned the company. So it's like, how could you employ this guy? If I'd worked anywhere else, I would have been fired for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, that was sure. their intent. Their intent was, mm -hmm. I didn't like what you said about me. So I'm going to ruin your life. And that is a weird thing. That's a weird way to think that you're have the moral high ground in that. People don't know who I am. They don't know what my situation is. They don't know if me losing my job means I'm selling the house and me and my family are living out of my car. They don't know. They don't give a fuck. Oh, they no, just want matter. They want that power. People love that power. This is what pisses me off. I'm going to get off on a tangent. And then we no, come back please. right back to it. So remind me where we were. <laughs> when I was listening to the Howard Stern show in the 90s and early aughts, he was battling the FCC. And that was the big thing. The big bad FCC got five bureaucrats who are appointed to be on a board. No one even votes for them. And they get to say what we're allowed to listen to. They get to dole out millions of dollars in fines to radio stations and radio hosts for saying things that they don't deem to be appropriate for public consumption. And there were these groups that would sprout up and a lot of religious groups who would petition we got to get Howard Stern taken off the air. No one should be able to hear his voice. So you got these groups that are petitioning and trying to take it down. You got a government organization trying to take things down. And as a fan of comedy and entertainment and even, you know, pushing the envelope, shock jocks, that kind of thing. These were the enemies. We were all on the same page. These are the enemies. Nowadays, the people who were all on the same team here, like, yeah, we're against these organizations, are the ones trying to cancel people because now they have the power. They can go after the advertisers. They can go to YouTube directly. They can go to Patreon directly. You got to take this off your network. You got to take this down. This is bullshit. It's like, no, 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 you're the problem. I realize that maybe you're just one voice, but if you have a whole team of people and you can get enough people and ground support going to cancel someone, you are the bad guy in that every single yep. time. Mm -hmm. And, and so they really did their best effort. I ended up taking that episode down because at, at a certain point I was in Vegas on vacation and my business partner called me. He goes, Carl, can you just take the episode down? I wasn't going to find, I'm like, fine. I don't need this yeah. interfere with my business and, and everything else. Bullet sometimes. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I took the episode down and then it's funny because I think this kind of backfired on Marissa Jones. Not only did we get listeners from her camp because she was, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So she kept talking about me and the show. So I've had hundreds of people tell me, yeah, you know, I, I listen to your show now because Marissa Jones told me you suck and I enjoy it. So we got listeners from that. But also when I finally switched over to Patreon or started up a Patreon, one of the perks was if you sign up, I'll give you the long lost episode because that episode had 440 downloads before I had to take it down. So almost <laughs> nobody heard it. So it was just like this weird mystery, like, why did he have to take this episode down? I did a whole episode about why I took it down and all this kind of stuff. So it kind of, it kind of built up this lore around this one particular episode, which is just an average WATP, but pissed her off enough. So that 
people were signing up for the Patreon just to hear this episode and actually put money in my pocket. So thank you, Marissa. I know you tried to ruin my life, but it actually backfired. And now I make a living from podcasting. So thank you. <laughs> well, then you, uh, you know, you took that ammunition and uh, harnessed it right. You know, like, it, I don't know. It, it was people, tough, man. For a while, yeah. for a while, listen, I, it wasn't a, a happy time for me. I was not happy about what went down, how it went down. Looking back, you know, looking back, I can look at it fondly and say, okay, that was a fun episode that happened. Gave me something to talk about. Gave me a story. I remember going on the Dick show early on and telling the detailed story. I just kind of, you know, summed it up for you just now, but we did a whole segment on it. It used to be up on YouTube. Of course, his YouTube has been taken down. But uh, one of the examples of uh, people getting canceled because other people don't like what they're saying. But, um, but yeah, you know, looking back at it, actually, it's it's a fun part of the uh, the, the journey. I hate that word. The journey that has been podcasting. <laughs> no, that's I'm glad. Again, I'm glad you could uh, fucking make it out of all that. Especially when I don't know. It's weird how the people have all this power and the way they abuse it. Like with one of like yeah. just don't listen. It's that simple. Yeah. Like, just don't listen. I don't know why right. you try to ruin people's lives and, and do all that. And that's another thing that I, I have to point out to people from time to time because I've been labeled like a bully or, you know, why are you going after these people? All we ever do is we take things that people put on the internet because they want people to hear them and then we critique them. I never peer into someone's bedroom window and talk about how bad they are at fucking their wives. I don't follow their kids to school. Like none of the, the, the things that people think I'm doing, I'm doing. It's only stuff that people have decided to upload to the internet because they think it's going to be praise. They want to get notoriety. Maybe they want to get fame. You know, whatever their reason is for it. Once you do that, once you put it out there in public, well, fair game. We're allowed to criticize it. That, yeah, I feel like that's America. I know, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, yeah, and, it's all about. and you should take it as advice too. Like, like learn from it. Like, do better or fucking lean into it. Well, let me it let me ask you this because I've had a number of people tell me that they learned from it. Doug from Who's Right is one of the guys who actually I think he dared me to criticize his show, and he he, he admitted to me later. He goes, Carl, I thought you were actually gonna like it. I'm like, no, it's terrible. But he took my advice and made some changes to his show. Kaya Orson from the official podcast. He took my advice, made some changes. I've had a number of people tell me that, uh, you know, after you get past the, oh, man, this is painful and this guy is really coming at me hard. Once you get past that and you sit down and you go, reevaluate a little bit. Yeah, what could I be doing better? And people have made adjustments. So let me ask you, we reviewed your show, obviously. Actually, I reviewed mm -hmm. your show twice. We did it on a bonus show and a regular show. <laughs> and I'm curious if you've made any adjustments since then, or maybe there, is there anything that stood out to you that went, you know what? I could be doing this better. Did, did it not matter? Were you happy with what you were doing? I, I was happy with what I was doing. It was just, okay. it was just funny. Like <laughs> you just made fun of like the fucked up stories I had. I ran out of stories eventually. Cause I do the, the daily episodes. So I just talk yeah. about whatever now, but yeah, it was just funny. Cause you're right. Like, so you were, are... you were nothing is what you're telling me. You yeah. were nothing for marketing. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, cause they were just my stories. They're ridiculous. Like, why is he putting this out there? And then you just cracked yeah. it up and it's like, oh shit. And then you even were like, you know, I'm starting to like this, even though it's, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, you don't know if he's a character, you don't know if he's a person, you don't know. And it's just like, I'm just a sick, sick piece of shit, you know? Yeah, That's... no, I've noticed that. Well, I, I you know, obviously I, I have become a fan and I, I did enjoy your show. Um, you know, there were, there were some critiques that we had, but you sent me out a bunch of your merchandise, which I appreciate. 
I, I hope you realize I wore your shirt on stage in Detroit when we did our uh, sold out live show. I did. I appreciate All that. All right. It's, I wanted to it, represent for you, buddy. <laughs> it is a cool shirt, though. It's very. Uh, it is. I uh, wear both the shirts. Wear. You sent me all the time, actually. Yeah. Oh man, no, I appreciate it. Uh, no, it was it was fun. Like when I did catch wind of that from the Adam Thoreau, and I've said that. Like I just heard y'all shitting on it, and it was funny. It I wasn't there. Like ooh, ooh, this hurts. Ooh, you and know, like thank you, Lorenzo, because that's the thing that people have to understand is very rarely am I angry with someone or spitting vitriol. For the most part we're smiling we're laughing we're like oh my gosh listen to what this guy says what an idiot and it's it's fun it's a roast i treat everything like mm -hmm. a roast that's kind mm -hmm. of how i've always approached things where i'm gonna goof on you if you want to goof on me back great like i said fart mouth did a rebuttal show i'll pull clips from that and i'll play it on the show i always do if, if somebody retorts something that, I, that i've said comes back at me well then yeah i'm, I'm happy to uh to play that and acknowledge that and that's part of the fun that's why roast exists because you get to goof on me and then it's my turn i get to goof on you I, I think it should be like that we're all i don't make fun of anyone who doesn't have a platform everyone has a podcast so they can get out and they can respond if they want to and i always encourage that yeah no that's that's uh i, I don't know some of the best content i think comes out of that i feel like uh, for sure sometimes i'll say sometimes uh i was gonna ask uh, and i know you touched base a little bit on it i know you uh do you know music with your band the isotopes and uh i think you, you uh do comedy right i mean i'm not saying that in the asshole way i'm like you have you done like stand-up or something before or uh no uh, i'm not really i haven't done stand-up I've, I've been included in a bunch of uh, roasts and roast battles and things mm -hmm. but uh but the isotopes itself is uh has a comedy aspect to it and actually i've been playing in bands for over 25 years and um every band i've been in has had some element of comedy out the songs that i write in a lot of the bands i've been in have all been joke songs and things like that uh so i've always incorporated comedy into everything i've done from a, a music standpoint and is that something like as far as right now just a hobby or do you want to pursue that too as well like you know uh professionally or as part of like you know your uh watp type of umbrella do you, do you would you want that as well no, uh, the isotopes is just a hobby, and okay. I'm happy to have it be a hobby. We had a very busy summer. We played out a ton, played tons of shows, and uh, I'm happy to not have as many shows right now because it's a lot, and it, uh, it it wears on me a little bit. So, no, I'm not pursuing that. I've already um, achieved my goal in life, turning one of my hobbies into my career, so I'm good. Okay, cool. And we were talking about the uh, whole, like, uh, you know, playing back and forth, uh maybe with another podcast that you've uh roasted and then they roast you back maybe this whole like uh whatever stuttering dude uh thing is this a work or a shoot is this like uh <laughs> is this something actually going it's a shoot i could i could promise you that i know it, there are times when even i'm looking at it going this can't be real this seems so crazy stuttering john is such an amazing character it's hard to believe the way he acts, the way he reacts to things just this morning, just this morning. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I noticed that he was on sniping Shuley show. So I'm watching John's stream and he's streaming from his bed. He doesn't even have his camera on. He's just showing stuff. So he goes to his tweet. He gets bored of listening to Shuley or he wasn't even listening, but he's watching them. He gets bored of that. He pulls up his Twitter and he's, he's scrolling through and I'm blocked. So I can't see his Twitter. So sometimes he does this. I get to see what he's tweeting about. 
-hmm. He's tweeting photos of me that some other person found on the internet. There's photos of me in my old bands. There's photos of me hanging out at like an ugly Christmas sweater party. There's photos of another guy he thinks is me that isn't me singing in a band. And he's like goofing on these photos and, and trying to make fun of it. And I'm like, this is so surreal. This guy, he can't stop himself. He thinks that me playing Guitar Hero at a party in 2007 with my friends is like, oh, what a loser. Like, no, no, this is kind of normal behavior. And <laughs> someone took a photo of it and put it on Facebook. I don't know. I mean, good on you if you can make fun of it, but you can't because you're not good at this at all. No, so, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that someone like Centering John actually exists in real life because he's such a buffoon and he's so bad at this. <laughs> I was saying, do you think uh, now that the actor strike is over, because I know that that's already like kind of reached a deal, uh, he'll stop acting like a piece of shit? <laughs> no. Okay. You, uh, well, I know he wants to get a job in Hollywood. I know he thinks he's still in show business, so I wish him nothing but luck. The more content he creates, the better. So I am all for him doing cameos, staring in movies, TV shows, getting on talk shows, whatever he can do. I hope that he does it, uh, but I highly doubt it because he's barely functioning at this point. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And I know you have a, or he's actually put a book out, right? I know someone's telling me about an audio book. What was your favorite part? <laughs> My favorite part? Oh, here it is. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> My buddy, uh, producer Chris, actually bought this for us, because we've, we've been listening to the audio book, but... Uh, yeah. We've been we've been uh, checking this out. There are times when I'm listening to the audiobook and I'm like, "How was that written in the book?" Because he doesn't explain anything; he just reads it word for word like an idiot. So there are sometimes when it just skips around from one thing to another in the same chapter. I'm like, "Why is he?" So sometimes we have to reference the book to see what he's talking about. As mm -hmm. far as my favorite part, every fucking part has been my favorite part. <laughs> I I didn't know we've done 17 bonus episodes just dissecting oh, his audiobook. We're going to be doing the 18th and final one soon. And um, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I've actually been trying to slow myself down because it's so much fun <laughs> goofing on this guy's horrible book. He doesn't know how to write. And all he does, so this is supposed to be his autobiography. All he does is bash everyone he's ever worked with. He mm -hmm. goes uh, after every single person on the Howard Stern show. He bashes everyone. The only guy who's the greatest guy in the world is Jay Leno. Everyone else sucks. And he's mm -hmm. constantly ripping on everyone while at the same time exaggerating his own accomplishments. It's like a child wrote this book is what, is what I'm saying. It's like, my teacher's a jerk and she gave me a C plus, but my mom said I deserved an A. It's like, that's basically what this fucking book is. It's crazy. Wonderful. Such, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, sounds like his character. I'll say mm -hmm. for, uh, and he was the teacher, right? Oh no. A substitute teacher. I'm yeah. A substitute teacher. Right. Yeah. yeah crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So, <indeed. laughs> do you think like this, and I don't, I don't mean to shit on the whole dabble verse, but do you think it's a good thing for people or a bad thing? Do you think this is what's going to end the world? Because I feel like we're, <laughs> what, we're like two minutes to midnight or something. Do you think? It's... I don't think the world's going to end anytime soon. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that the world's coming to an end? I'm curious. Uh, I mean, not outside of the dabble verse, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever it is, climate the change way, or the way AI, Armageddon. the way AI, AI is is super advancing so quickly 
Mm-hmm. And and I just like I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, I get it for like accessibility, like if you're deaf, you're blind, you're handicapped. But if you're just a regular person and you're relying on these things that you can do regularly, like, oh, uh, show me my hey, tell me the the capital of Austin or Texas or something. And it's something you should just basically know, you know, like. Well, Google's existed for 28 years or something like that. I mean, we've yeah. been able to look that shit up or, very or easily even, for a long time. Or even spelling out a word, you should like, oh, how do I spell that? You look it up oh. before you like try to spell it yeah, out. Spelling is done. <laughs> Who knows how to spell anymore? Who gives a shit about exactly. that? Exactly. So right. that's, that's where I feel like with slowly turning us into uh, like mushless, like zombies to where we just aren't going to fight back once it does well in this country yeah in this country i agree with you but there's other places in the world where uh the children are still learning and actually understanding how to do things with their hands Uh, who cares about other countries (laughs) we don't even care about but my question was though do you think the world is coming to an end because i i think that there's especially and i don't want to generalize but i think amongst your generation and even younger people they've been brought up with this idea that there's climate change and nuclear Armageddon and now AI and all of these things that are going to be the end of humanity. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be like apocalyptic, but okay. that's where I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like we're going to, the world's just going to end where creativity is going to stop. Uh, you know, people wanting to learn anything is going to stop. People wanting to just do anything is going to stop. You know, you're just going to be at home watching whatever reality show. So, I feel like as far as humanity, it's just going to stop. So. so you think like that uh, that Mike Judge movie? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it. Yeah, yeah, Idiocracy. Idio- yeah, Idiocracy. You think so? Yeah. That, you think that we're um, uh, devolving as a, a species, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I understand so. that. And that then uh, even in your uh, line of work, are, are you ever going to do? Uh, who are these? Have you done where you you rate the uh, the AI podcasts, like the ones that are? Like AI robots talking so, to each other. Uh, people sent me over when Joe Rogan had on Trump, and I'm trying to remember. There were like three episodes mm-hmm. where it was Joe Rogan interviewing so and so, and it was all AI generated. I think the dialogue as well as the voices, everything is AI generated. I mm-hmm. I listened for a couple seconds. I'm. It's just it didn't interest me at all because it it's not quite there yet. It's a little you know it's a little uncanny valley, but you could tell. And so uh, maybe someday we'll review an AI podcast. That'd be fun. And then Although I don't know what I would critique. I'd be like, what a stupid computer. <laughs> Why would this computer think this is a good answer? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. This computer, it's racist. Yeah, uh, right. And even in music, what do you think about like AI in music and stuff like that? Because I know, you, you know you're obviously a fan of creating music and uh, listening to music. What do you think about it being in like as a tool or is it going to be yeah. relied on more? Well, it's interesting because this new Beatles song, Now and Then, I was really excited about it. I'm really excited about the way they were able to create this song because they took a recording that John Lennon made in 1977 that was terrible audio quality, single tracked with a hiss on it, and they were able to extract just his piano and just his vocals separately and then build a whole song around that. And I also grabbed some George Harrison stuff that he'd done in the 90s, but I think they already had that tracked. So I think stuff like that is fucking awesome, really cool. I love the new song that they did. But then when they have like AI sing John Lennon, like the way John Lennon sounds, and have him sing a whole song that John Lennon didn't sing, that doesn't do anything for me at all. 
mm-hmm. and they they call everything AI now. So that's I get it's it's hard to tell what people mean when they go, "What do you think about AI music?" Like, well, if you're talking about the technology that Peter Jackson was working on, where he was able to to extrapolate just John Lennon off of this thing and make it sound crystal clear and awesome, that's great. But as far as you know voice prompting or typing into a machine i want a country western song that sounds like this and in this style with this person singing it and then boom there's a song that pops up i i it doesn't do anything for me yeah so it's the context of uh how how it is and all that that's yeah i mean i think anything that's the arts or creative like ai art ai music ai any of that stuff is just not compelling and maybe someday yeah. that's what everyone will be going to museums to check out AI art. I doubt it, but right now I, it's just, it doesn't seem like um, I'm not impressed, I guess is my point. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, what, what, and finally I got a couple, just a couple more questions. What's some advice you would give to like aspiring podcasters, maybe who have speech impediments uh you know who want to start a podcast or struggling with their podcast i know you've heard so many podcasts you've critiqued them you've shit on them you you mm-hmm. roasted them uh but what from all that what can you like tell you know other ones who are wanting to podcast like good advice here's some really easy advice that i think a lot of people don't adhere to it seems obvious to me try to be better listen back to yourself listen with a critical ear do you have crutch words that you use you know you said you have a speech impediment i pronounce so many words incorrectly i get called out all the time for a long time for some reason i was saying exactly instead of exactly i think i still do that from time to time but people tell me this or they tell me i have certain crutch words i just heard somebody tell me i used the term unbelievable like 10 times in 20 minutes i went okay good to know i gotta stop doing that so you might notice I never say, you know, I try not to say, um, and, and, huh, there are certain crutch words that I pick up. I like people use the word, like, I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. I use it like a lot. I don't do like that. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> don't talk like that, but go back, listen with a critical ear and try to correct these things. It's one of those things. A lot of good standups. What they do is they record every set and they go back and they go, how do I change the punchline? Not even change the words but the cadence of it or the rhythm or the timing, just a little bit tweak it to make it better. Podcasters should do the same thing. And there should be, just like with music, you know, you're a musician, I bet there are bands that you love, that you look up to, and you maybe, for me, my guitar playing is very much inspired by Dean Ween. I love his style of guitar playing. And so I've covered a bunch of Ween songs and guitar solos, and I've really learned his technique and his approach to things. Podcasters should do the same thing. Who's a really good broadcaster? Doesn't have to be a podcaster. Could be a radio guy, TV personality, who's really good at presenting, being interesting and compelling, getting the information out there in an interesting way and try to be like that. You don't have to steal a style, you know, take from a, a number of different sources, but continue to get better and want to get better. There's a lot of people, I'm not accusing you of this, but you did tell me this earlier in the interview. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are just like, ah, oh, good enough, whatever. I oh, do yeah. what I do. This is my thing. <laughs> this is how I do it. So what are you going to do? But no, you could always be better. And honestly, having a speech impediment could be charming. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get away with that and have that be part of your act. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Dick and I liked you. It's, you're the funny, the way that you present things and the, the way you kind of mumble through stuff. 
there's mumble rap for Christ's sake. That's the whole category. <laughs> so it, it can work for you, but it doesn't mean there aren't other things you can improve upon. And it even goes back to what's your, and, and I'm really big on pre-production. So how do you prep for your show? What are your notes that you're putting together? What research are you doing? Are you pulling clips together to help you explain your argument? What, you know, what can you quote from other sources to help you explain why you've come to the conclusion you've come to rather than just make up out of the blue. Like I've been yelling about NFL officiating over the last few weeks. I think it's all rigged mm -hmm. and I can cite a couple of calls that I thought were complete bullshit, but you know, that, that's just my, me spouting out my opinion. I, I can't <laughs> prove anything. Obviously, if you want to be a good at podcasting, I think it's really an important thing to do is to look at a lot of different angles, a lot of different sources, come to your own conclusion, but give the rationale, explain why you feel the way that you do and, and give a good explanation for it. So there's just a lot of things you can do to um, become a better podcaster. I'm always trying to improve. Go back. All my episodes are up. Go back and listen to old episodes. Way different than I am now. I've gotten much better at podcasting because nobody's good when they first start. I was talking to a guy who's local. who's a friend of mine. He was on the Rochester Police Department for many, many years, and he's just retiring. And he wants to start up this podcast about local crime and politicians and, and all these kinds of things people would care about in this area. And so I'm talking to him, trying to give him some advice. And he goes, yeah, you know, Carl, I just, I just want to do one episode and just put it out there. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. I said, well, no, your first episode will be your worst. You know, <laughs> the best thing you could do is record a bunch of episodes that no one ever hears. What we do with, with who are these podcasts is Kevin and I recorded four episodes before we started up our stream or did anything before we launched our website. And then when we finally get to the point, I'm like, all right, these last couple have sounded okay. Maybe it's time to start putting out some episodes, like get some reps in, you know, and, and continue to practice and harness and, and get better. Does that answer the question? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I always think about, I don't know why, uh, like even speech one oh one when I was in like school, even you could take away from that, like learning how to, present yourself like you said um having notes ready yeah uh, you, you know not well you have notes today you obviously had questions prepared <laughs> yeah. you're ready to be an engaged conversation you've done a very good job today and i've been on other shows where they have me on and five minutes in seven minutes in we're staring at each other like all right now what? what do you want to talk about you know <laughs> it's just uncomfortable like, for oh, everyone oh welcome to the stream welcome to the stream yeah uh, and I was going to ask you, I, I completely uh, overlooked this, that just, you just complimented me on my notes and I overlooked this. I know you have the, who are these uh, socials? Who are these broadcasters? The other kind of under that same umbrella. Is that blind Mike guy really blind? Yes. He is? Yeah. Yeah. He's legally blind. He walks with oh. a cane now. His, his eyesight has gotten worse and worse and will continue to. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten to the point now where, and he can see a little bit when he talks about he watched a video and people go, what do you mean you watched a video? He has to get real close to it though. He's, he has to get right up to it and he can see a little bit, but it's getting worse and worse for him. So yeah, no, he is blind. Oh man. Does he, does he have at least those cool looking eyes? Like you can see into the future and shit like all, I don't know. He always wears eyeglasses. <laughs> okay. You can find old videos of him. He used to work for barstool sports uh -huh. and uh, you can find old videos of him with Dave Portnoy and stuff where, um, and even, He's on the Kirk Minahan show. He's been on, uh, uh, he's done a number of things in radio and with Barstool. You can find old videos where he didn't wear his dark shades back in the day, but now he's he's always uh, shaded up. No, oh, well, I mean, it looks cooler, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it looks cooler than staring off into space. Yeah, I would imagine. That's, that's why blind guys do that.
<laughs> uh no i want to thank you for your time today i appreciate you know uh, i was gonna end it on a on a joke here uh see what you think this is a this is a racist joke i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you okay. a racist joke uh my dad told me this one because he called me and he, i don't know he was talking about racism and he told me this joke what what um what do you get when you cross a mexican with a goat i don't know a lawnmower that doesn't work now i get it mm-hmm. don't you have uh mexican heritage yes i do and this is the fun thing about uh that particular stereotype aren't mexicans like the hardest working people in the world <laughs> well seeing that this is a racist joke coming from if a white man would say it got and, it okay yeah and he's just saying how you know we're, that we're lazy but we're we're actually like one of the hardest working races so but nobody else funny. nobody else gets up to go to work without having a job only the mexicans are like i gotta get up early i gotta get to the home depot why do you have some work to do i don't know maybe but I got to get there and find out, uh, you know, fucking white people. We have a job that will pay us. We're like, nah, I'm not going in today. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm not going in. I, I have a I'll, get someone to, I'll get someone to cover my shift. It's very different. <laughs> no, all we do is work for uh, just to have the Modelo for the night. That's all That's we right. need, you know. Number uh-huh. one selling beer in America, Modelo. <laughs> Pretty cool. But yeah, no, I want to thank you for uh, your time today, Carl. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can I interview you for a second? No, of course, please. Okay. So you got, uh, that's all funny. And you do that five days a week. I do it every day. The week you do it every day. Okay. Seven, mm-hmm. seven days a week. You mm-hmm. do a show and, uh, and you put that out. How do you want to build it? What's next for you? Have you thought about turning this? I assume this is still your hobby. I know you make some money from advertising, mm-hmm. but do you, do you want to turn this into your career? Do you have any ambitions with that? Have you had, do you have a plan? What are you thinking as far as that goes? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I want to just be consistent with it. It's more at the moment, uh, creative outlet, just, you know, to have something to, I don't know, something to do. Sometimes like you just need something to look forward to doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the, I, I joke a lot about mental health, talk about mental health, but it's always good to have like a task like oh i have i like even if you don't do have anything else to do for the day you don't want to get up it's like hey i gotta go do this podcast yeah it's something that you know i want to stay consistent and it just gives me like a task to do to feel some sort of fulfillment even if it's that's very wise it's very like, healthy yeah yeah even if it's the littlest thing uh it doesn't help when people shit on it no it's it's not <laughs> it, it's it's just something to do and i i'm you know with i'm a, way open to criticism especially entertaining uh one such as yourself uh when they actually like make it funny you know because it, it it makes it sound even better you know uh but yeah that that's really what it is at first of course who wouldn't want to like make money doing it and stuff and i'd like to you know uh i guess be more but then i worry about i guess the negatives like you said the those people out there that are gonna dox for this and that and uh, but you know that just comes with it but yeah eventually i'd want to i don't know do this it'd be a dream you know okay because uh people ask me i thought you might ask me this i get this question a lot like how do you make a living from podcasting how do you make money podcasting and and i always say i didn't start this to make money it was a hobby i did it because it was fun i never expected to make a dime doing this all my hobbies cost me money they don't make me money and that's fine that's what hobbies are and so you have the right attitude right there Lorenzo, because 
I, I know that you try to monetize a little bit and, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But knowing that you're like, no, I do this because it's fun. It's what I enjoy doing mm -hmm. is the exact right reason to do it. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's I, you know, we make the merch just for like I've I've been always making. Dude, you make so much merch. You sent me so much <laughs> shit. It's really cool. It's we've really making, cool stuff. You put me to yeah, shame. We've been making merch just for fun, like even yep. before, because why not? You, you know, we can just do that as human beings. <laughs> we can make shirts of our own face and stuff. Yeah. And uh yeah, the podcast, like I said, is just something I wanted to do. To hey, why don't I just give myself something to do and. Was, have you ever teamed about, up with uh, other podcasters to do uh, like a regular show? I know you've done stuff with other people, but to do like a regular show kind of thing, co-hosts. Uh, the only person I really trust at the moment's mint salad. We do that daily right, or that right. weekly show uh, about movies. That's right. Uh, but it, it, you know, I, I know maybe you had the same feeling where, you know, you can depend on yourself and it's a lot harder when you have a team and I, I'm not saying they're not dependable. It's just, everyone has their own, um, things to worry about and things come up and sure when you're when you're just a one-man show it's like a lot easier to do has mint been uh consistent though is she good oh yeah yeah she's a pro I, yeah oh she's great uh yeah, she's that, great I, she'll tell me like ahead of time like when she took that trip like everywhere around the u.s you know but mm -hmm. uh that's why i kind of go with the one-man show because it's like, well, at least I know I'm, if I flake on myself, I'm going to be mad at myself. You know, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, it is a lot easier when you don't have other people to rely on and deal yeah. with. I, I understand. And it's not even shitting on them. Everyone has life. They're adults, commitments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course. So, so yeah, but I, I would I would love to be open to it. I'm always open to collabing with anything or anyone. You, I'm sure you've seen me on. If you have, I've been on like the most random shows. I've been everywhere. It's fun. It's just yeah, fun to no, I've like, seen you around a lot. What's what's your day job? Do you ever talk about that? What are you what are you doing these days? Right now, I am not working. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, In I between had, jobs, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I talk about that too. I'm just like a lazy, the laziest Mexican. Uh, no, nah, uh, I'm getting there, you know, with the mental health and stuff. But yeah, right now, uh, had like a quite a bit of retirement money to like kind of refocus everything retirement money where are you getting retirement money from <laughs> i i had been working for what 12 15 years at two jobs so, so you cashed like... out your 401k hell yeah oh hell no yeah. oh Lorenzo. Yeah. <laughs> short-sighted my friend oh no dude the, i'm telling you the end of the world it once we get there all that's gonna matter is what gold bars and uh ammunition and, and nfts yeah that that 401k ain't gonna mean anything to me so might as well All use right. it now while I can. Well, I, I understand the um, the currency might be worthless the way that our government is is doing what they're doing, but humanity is not going to end anytime soon. So do not <laughs> do not live your life like that's going to happen, buddy. Oh yeah, but you know sometimes you just need a a break, took it, and I'll, cool. I'll bounce back. But yeah, Good no, you. Uh, I appreciate your time. Like I said, it's it's always fun uh, seeing you, uh, talking with you, doing anything with you. And I appreciate uh, y'all pushing me, even if it was uh, <laughs> in a certain, you know, uh, teasing way. It, it was I thought it was great. So I, I like I hope y'all keep doing what you're doing. I definitely will. I'll leave you with this piece of advice. Mental illness can literally drive you crazy. Remember that. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty wise, huh? Yeah, that 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 uh, that'll change my whole perspective on things. 
<laughs> oh, thank you again, Carl. Uh, I know I have your uh, stuff there. Who are these podcasts? You go to whoarethese.com. Uh, if anything else you want to push, but yeah. Yeah, the creepoff.com. I do, uh, I do the only true crime show made for men on the internet today. Me and Vinny Paulino every Monday at 1 p.m. on the Creepoff YouTube channel. You can watch the Creepoff. And it is a true crime show where we each present a creep every week. And then the listeners get to vote on who brought the biggest creep and losers have to spin the dreaded wheel of consequences. So it's very interactive and very fun. That's great. Vinny's a great guy too. All of you are great. And do you know who the potato is? Have you seen the potato? I he's been in my basement. Uh, He's hung out here. We actually (laughs) tailgated before a Michigan football game. We hung out in Detroit, so I've met his wife. So I, I'll tell you this about the potato. I do not know his name. I only call him Cardiff. I do not care what his actual name is. Doesn't matter to me. Him and his wife are lovely people, and uh, I enjoy hanging out with them. That's great to end on. Uh, God bless Cardiff. <laughs> God bless Cardiff. Yeah. And, and I got uh, Tukey on the show uh, tomorrow on WATP. Uh, oh, another man. one of my favorites. They're all great. They are, are all great people. Uh, well, thank you again for your time. Uh, appreciate it. Hope to have you on again. Hope to be on your show. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, talk again. But thanks so much. Thanks, Funky Eskimo. Thanks for reaching out, buddy. Uh-huh. Take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.